This is Hitting the Mark, conversations with founders and investors about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success, with your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Garhalter. Welcome to Hitting the Mark, a show known for the charismatic and wise founders and investors that provide us with behind-the-scenes insights into their intriguing brand stories. From companies as diverse as Liquid Death, Beyond Meat, and Parlor Skis. Today I invite you to take a breather and let your mind wander. Away from the Donald Trump and Boris Johnson world on the outside to start looking within. Because here's a thing you don't see mixed very often. Meditation and branding. I'm thrilled to welcome the founder and CEO of Journey Meditation to Hitting the Mark. Stephen Sokoler runs a company on a mission to help all people live happier, healthier, less stressed lives. Founded in 2015, Journey is building the world's largest, most supportive meditation community, both online and off. The company recently released a first-of-its-kind meditation app, Journey Life, which offers users daily live-streamed group meditations led by experienced and diverse teachers, along with a supportive and engaged community base. TechCrunch coined it the Peloton of Meditation. Journey also operates corporate programs with organizations ranging from Facebook, Disney, and Nike to charter schools, hospitals, and nonprofits. Prior to Journey, Stephen was the co-founder and CEO of Ultram Honors, which helped organizations celebrate and inspire their employees. Stephen built Ultram into the global industry leader and sold the company in 2014. I myself started using Stephen's new app recently, just in case you're wondering why I sound so very calm today. <laughs> Stephen, thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Really a pleasure. So, so on my way in this morning on my commute, I listened to another podcast you have been featured on just to prep for this show, right? As any good host would do. And next thing I know is that the hosts of the podcast I listen to actually ask you to lead them into a full-on meditation. So here I am in LA traffic being asked to close my eyes and let my mind wander off. It was, it was pretty funny, but I survived because I'm a smart guy who knows when to follow orders and when to refrain from it. So um, Stephen, tell us a little bit about, um, no pun intended, your, your journey from running meditation programs at companies like WeWork and Spotify to launching the app and, and why you wanted to enter this seemingly competitive digital landscape with apps like Headspace and Calm at this point in time. Okay, well, I'm glad that you didn't take my advice and close your eyes. Uh, I think maybe I should issue a warning beforehand so that people know no need to close your eyes while driving. So well, glad it's that you're right. It's definitely a good thing for for both of us and uh, and for my listeners because otherwise this would not happen right now. So, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, to your question, uh, we've worked with a really wide variety of organizations, uh, big Fortune 500 companies, law firms, startups, nonprofits, and what we saw was there was real magic when people came together, came together to meditate, to connect, to learn, to listen. 
And so we said, how can we scale this? And first, that meant opening new cities. So we moved from New York to LA, San Francisco, Miami, et cetera. We're now in 20 cities all over the world. Um, but then we said, how can we use technology? And when we looked at all of the existing apps, you mentioned a few, but really all of the existing meditation apps, they're all, in, they're all exactly the same in two key ways. Uh, the first is they're all single player, so you're doing them by yourself. And the second is you're listening to a recording from some time in the past. Could be a year ago, could be five years ago, but it's something that took place uh, in the past. And for thousands of years, meditation's been practiced in communities. It's something that we've done together with teachers, with fellow meditators, with community members. And for the last five years, it's something we in the West have done by ourselves on our phone. And so we thought there was a really interesting opportunity to bring meditation to people in the way that it had uh, historically been practiced, uh, but to leverage technology. And so that's why we set out to build Journey Live, the first live group meditation app. You can ask a question, you can connect with the teacher, you can meditate with your friend or your family, someone across the country, across the world, just a much different, a much stickier experience. I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating um, concept because in the beginning it sounds like, you know, why would you, we need another meditation app, but it is actually, that, that is a huge, that is a huge pivot. And, you know, just, just a little bit of my background with meditation. So back when I was studying at Art Center College of Design um, here in Pasadena, strangely enough for the times, they actually had a meditation class. And uh, it's also strange for, for a design college. And it was the very first time I meditated altogether. And it was such an amazing experience because I actually felt that levitating sensation like I actually truly believe that my entire body was off the ground for a few minutes and I have not once felt it ever since so I tried plenty of other classes um, and then a plethora of apps and I don't know what it was that day but I never got back to that state again it was absolutely sensational um, definitely one of the more memorable moments in my life so I am a big believer in the power of meditation, of yoga, and, and breathing, just simply breathing to, to get us through times of stress and anxiety and to make life simply better. Um, I'm actually not sure how I could do another keynote speech in front of a large audience without using that simple power of breathing to prepare myself in the hours and minutes before I hit the stage for that unusual rush of adrenaline. Um, now, 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 back to meditation itself, um, you know, and, 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 and the actual app. One of the issues I personally have with a lot of mindfulness apps is that meditation to me is very personal. I could be meditating to an app together with my wife, which we do occasionally, including last night. And afterwards, she may tell me that she absolutely loved it or she may have even happily dozed off. <laughs> and, and I had the exact opposite experience because it is very much about human connection. Does that instructor's voice, does his or her tonality, does the speed, does the style speak to me or not, right? So with Journey, you're really honing in, as, as, as you mentioned, on that idea of individuality. So you've got various teachers with various backgrounds at various times throughout the day. How important is individuality for the Journey brand? And 
a brand that also has quite the opposite, which is community at its core. Well, you touched on a lot of really, really interesting things there. So I, I want to go back to the beginning um, when you started, when you first started meditating in college. Um, happy to hear that you didn't levitate while you were meditating in the car. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a book called Altered Traits, and uh, obviously the name is a play on the idea of altered states. And I think that meditation is often uh, associated with things like the experience you had, or you meditate and you feel really blissed out and everything is calm, or you feel connected to something. And while that can happen, that doesn't necessarily need to happen. You know, and I think a, a comparison that can resonate with some people is the idea of runner's high. You know, you, you run and oftentimes you're running and you're thinking about things, work, family, etc. But then sometimes you reach this point and your mind just goes blank and you just have this really beautiful Zen type experience, like being in the zone. Um, and while, again, that can happen, that's actually not the point of meditation. The point of meditation is to experience the mind, to learn how to better work with this really fascinating thing that drives us, that drives our lives. Um, and so when you mentioned the individual experience that you have and your wife has while experiencing the same class, you touched on a, a number of things. The teacher's voice, their style, their saying, all of those external things are very, very important. Uh, but the other thing that I would add to that is the internal experience. You know, I might sit down and you might sit down to meditate and I might be agitated or my mind might be restless or I might be sleepy and you might have some totally different experience. So I think that's one thing that's really interesting about meditation is we often associate it, like society views it as this way to calm down, this way to chill this Zen type experience. It may be that, but it may not be. It may be very awakening. It may put you to sleep. It may make you agitated. And what's beautiful about it is the practice is one where you start to embrace the fullness of life, the whole human experience. Because while we of course want to be happy, and happiness is very, very important, that isn't always the case. And so how do we work with our mind? How do we work with our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings when we are triggered or when we are angry or when we are sleepy? And so meditation can really help with that. And so coming to your, your actual question, the part about the individuality, um, when we think of journey, we think of journey as a supportive, inclusive community, both online and off actually. Uh, you know, the offline part being everything we've done over the last four years and the online part being Journey Live, which we just launched. And the idea there is that people are there for you, both the teacher and your community of meditators, with whatever the experience is that you're having. And that's why the interaction is really important. You don't get that with a lot of the other apps where you might meditate and have some experience and not know what it means or want to share it, or be confused, or be sad, or angry, or happy. Um, really a whole range of emotions. And so having the community allows you to have your individual experience while being a part of a group that can support you and hold you uh, when needed, and share in your, in your victories as well. A lot of what you said was really, was really meaningful to me. And, and you know, talking about 
talking about the idea of, of, of this array of teachers who, who I heard you say um, in, in the same podcast, I believe, that I didn't doze off to, which was good, um, that, <laughs> that they're all unscripted um, by the company. So, so, so you actually don't tell teachers on the app what to say, how to say it, etc. But all of them, because of that, bring their own personality into play, which, which is great, right? Because I feel there is a, you know, there's a real connection if you do connect, but there's also a real danger in there. Um, to, to when I, for instance, download the app and I try it out, um, because that's what people do, right? They give it a try. Um, and the first person I have the chance to meditate with, since this is not on demand, and you usually only have one or two sessions that you have access to at any given point of time, which is very different from all the other apps, right? So I literally go into Journey and I have kind of like the, the, the quick fix right now with one person and it, and it always varies. Um, and then there might be, um, you know, a 9 a.m. you know, uh, class or a 10 a.m. class. And so basically I usually have two people that I can choose from. What if that one person does not resonate with me and I say, oh, Journey Life, th that app is not for me. Yeah, that's, that is definitely a risk. You know, that is one of the things that um, that live can cut both ways, you know. Um, you, you, you touched on sort of two things there. One is the teacher not resonating with you. The other is the fact that it's unscripted. So even if the teacher may resonate with you, perhaps today they're talking about something that doesn't resonate with you. Correct, right? yeah. Perhaps you came in and you wanted to, to meditate on one thing and they offered you something else. Um, now, I'll tell you a couple things. So for one, we were really fortunate. Um, we pay our meditation teachers very, very well, uh, especially by industry standards. Um, the second thing is we work really hard to make it a community, a teacher community, so the teachers can connect and feel supported. Um, and so we were able to recruit some of the best, most interesting, experienced, skilled meditation teachers in the world um, and have them as part of our founding teacher community. So we have these people who have done this type of work for many, many years, right? So that's that's the first thing. So we, we've been very selective in who can represent the Journey brand. The second thing is giving them a basic framework to be able to work within. So not a script, not a, you know, this day you're gonna talk about stress and this day you're gonna talk about balance, but really a, frame, a framework to say, simple, approachable, secular, non-esoteric, you know, keep it, in a way where people, you're meeting people where they are. Meet them where they are. So don't start speaking in overly scientific language or overly spiritual, certainly not religious. So there's this really basic framework so that hopefully 99.9% .9 of the time, if you go on there and you happen to go on at noon and sit with Miriam or 10 p.m. and sit with Hector, uh, you find a teacher that you say, wow, that was great. That was a great experience. I really enjoyed that. The other thing that we have um, is we have teacher bios. We're now adding videos so that you could see the teacher beforehand so that you get a little bit more information. So you're not just going into the class blindly, but you say, ah, I see John has a background where he works with executives, or I see Caesar was a veteran, or I see Amanda studied at UCLA in this particular style, and you can engage with them beforehand. So it's not, it's not quite as much just picking it 
and going from there. Right, right. No, absolutely. And and I actually spent some time on Cherny's Instagram um, the other day, and I read the beautiful Antoine de Saint-Exupéry quote, um, and I think it was Cheryl, one of your teachers, she posted it. And it says, all that is essential is invisible to the eye, which again made me realize that meditation at its core is as far removed from branding as anything ever could. So it must be difficult to quote unquote brand a business like yours. And, and, and one thing I noticed, and you just hinted at that when you talked about, um, you know, individualities of the teachers and the bios, but I noticed an absolutely love and, and must give you tons of credit for this. You are actually only showing real people that are from your tribe. So may that be your, your instructors, team members like yourself um, or participants on your website and in a, in a manner that is just as authentic as it is professional. So you really pull this off. And, and in, a, in, a, in a way, I would say it's actually branded, right? Um, the way that you use the colors and the way that you make this um, very much about the personalities um, within the app, which is such a huge differentiator to all the other brands out there. How did you go about the visual, but also the verbal brand building for this meditation venture? Yeah, that's a great question. I think Uh, all credit really goes to our head of marketing, uh, Jen, who's just been such a dynamo when it comes to bringing the brand to life. Um, we worked for four years prior or three and a half years prior to Jen starting, and the mission was always really clear, right? Help people live happier, healthier, less stressed lives. Build the supportive, inclusive community where people can connect, people can grow. Um, but how do you show that? Right? That's a real interesting branding challenge. I'm sure you can appreciate that. You know, like if you show people sitting with their eyes closed meditating, that's the same thing that everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And it's boring. And the truth is that's not what we're about. We're not about sitting there and calming down. We're about waking you up to what life can be. It's about how do you savor the ordinary and extraordinary moments? How do you live a life filled with emotion where you're walking down the street and you notice things and you're talking to someone and you're really listening and you're really present? You know, like we've all had those experiences where we're sitting and eating food and we take one bite and it tastes so good. And then the next thing you know, you look down, all the food is gone. And you like don't even remember eating it because your mind was somewhere else and you just went through the motions, you know? Yeah. How do we capture more of everyday life? And so branding, that becomes a challenge to say, how do you show the vividness and beauty of everyday life and have people understand its meditation, right? If you just show people, two people eating ice cream, that's great. But is it a Van Leeuwen ad? Is it a haagen ad? Or is it a Journey Meditation ad? You know, who knows? So I, I think our, our head of marketing really deserves all the credit of walking this really fine line of showing the, the vividness and excitement of life, but also tying it back to journey, to meditation, and to the idea of community. I, I absolutely agree, and, and heads up, you know, for, for, that, for that move. Um, because once it is done, right, and you look at your website and you just kind of take it in, it, it, it appears to be so easy, but it's not. It's not to actually go deep into the brand and to actually understand what the brand is about, which you so perfectly explained right now. Um, and then to, to visually walk that fine line, um, And, and just because we already talked about individuality for a little while now, we talked about community. 
I will ask you a, a brand question that my regular listeners know I won't let any guest get away without answering. So if you did any prep at all, you might know that this is coming up <laughs> because I always do this. Um, <laughs> if, you can, if you can sum up all the parts and pieces of the Journey brand in one single word or a two-word phrase, right? What would it be? And I'm so thrilled to hear your answer for that because I, you know, with especially with your app, it is all about, you know, about. Well, you tell you tell us. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would say it's human connection. Uh, I think that's what the brand is about. I think that's the essence and the core of this, and it's connecting with others, but it's also connecting to yourself, right? Like people again often think of meditation as this thing to to calm down, and it, it can help with that, but. My favorite definition of meditation, and, and now that you mentioned you listen to the other podcast, now I have to think back, what did I say there? I want to make sure I say something new and interesting here. It, but, it's okay. I uh, hope there are more listeners than myself today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think I said this, but my favorite definition of meditation is the Tibetan word gom, G-O-M, which means to become familiar with, right? And it's a practice where you become more familiar with yourself, more familiar with your thoughts and your habits and your patterns. And so when you think about journey and the brand, the one word, or I'll, I'll take your generous offer of having two words, uh, it's human connection. It's connecting to yourself and connecting to others. That's, that's wonderful. And I, I, I think your marketing manager did a, did a great job of actually using that as that brand DNA that she then so successfully with, with the team kind of ran through the entire, the entire journey of the journey brand. So that's nice. what's made it that's what meditation um, means to you. What does what does branding mean to you? Maybe even outside of Journey, I know you've been a successful entrepreneur for for, for a while. Um, this is not this is not your first rodeo. What does branding mean to you? Yeah, I think to me, branding is all about how we make a person feel, how we show up to serve our mission, how we live out our values through every touch point uh, with both the customer and the internal team. Like I, I think when it comes to brand, it's very easy to look at things externally, um, you know, the advertising, but I think it's also important to look at the internal stuff. How are you running the organization? Is, is the brand seen and felt, deeply felt um, internally? So for us, that, that's how I think of it, how we make someone feel, how we're serving the mission, and how we're really living out the values that are so important to us through every touch point. Absolutely, I I I like I like that a lot. Um, it it works really for for any company actually, and it should work that way for a lot more a lot more bigger brands. Um, talking about your 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 clients, your customer, but also talking about data because I know that at the heart, um, data is important to you. I know that there you know when you work with um, you know companies directly, like we work in Nike and, and such, um, you actually have data comparisons where you talk about this is how people felt before they started doing our mindful you know exercises, our meditations, and this is how your employees actually feel later on. Um, did you ever go against your early customer data with that app, which I know you've got about 3,000 people, you know, just as beta users before you even officially launched. Did you ever go against the data and did a gutsy move solely based on instinct? So, for instance, you know, you're, you're offering fewer classes, right? Most are not on demand. Um, the app comes at a higher price point than most competitors. Um, I feel it is a genius move as it actually creates scarcity and accountability. And accountability, I think, is really important. Um, I would go back to your app because 
I know that I have to be there at six o'clock or at eight o'clock today, right? Because that's that's how my mind works. You know, if it's always there, mm-hmm. I just forget about it because I can do it anytime. Um, but I know because you're big into data, I, I wonder how much of, of, of some of these decisions was data and research driven and how much came from just an educated gut instinct from you or your team? Or maybe you have another example where you went by instinct and created an important aspect of your brand that users now can't live without, even though they didn't know they wanted it in the first place. That's a great question. And I, I think the answer is Journey Live. That was a big instinctual move for us. So. I had, and I'll say we had, this gut feeling that this made sense. But we had no data to support it. So every other app was, and and still is, a bunch of recordings. And they're all audio. And they're recordings from two years ago, five years ago, et cetera. And now we're coming in and saying, we're going to do video. We're going to have a really diverse group of teachers. So instead of Headspace, which has one teacher, Calm, which has one teacher. They have some other stuff, actually, but there's one main main teacher who's wonderful. Right, right, right. Um, we're going to have a community of teachers. And since we're committed to representation, over 50% of our teachers will be teachers of color. We want our teachers to serve, to look like the community we're serving. Um, so when it, when it came to the actual idea, we said, okay, we're going to do video, right? That's different. Nobody's doing video. We're going to do live. Nobody's doing live. We're going to do group. We're going to have people be able to interact with the teacher. We're now adding on the ability for students to interact with each other in class. So currently, students can interact with each other before class, and they can interact through the teacher during the class. But now, how can they do that? How can they do that? Sorry to interrupt, but but that's 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 an intriguing part of your part of your app. How do how do um, students actually interact with teachers? So before the class starts, there's a waiting room. So think of it similar to how you go to any class, whether a yoga class, a meditation class, a fitness class. So before you go in, so there's an initial prompt. So it says, well, actually, the first thing it says, it says, uh, you've entered the room. So it'll say, John has entered the room or Rebecca has entered the room. And other people see that and can wave and greet you, give you a little you know, hand emoji to say, hi, I see you. Um, then there's a prompt, what's one thing you're grateful for today? So you might say, the rain here in LA, or I might say sunshine here in New York, or you might say your friend, your family, your baby, etc. Coffee is a nice popular one in the morning. <laughs> um, and other people can acknowledge that. They can send you a little heart emoji. And then after that, people can chat. So people can say, you know, I'm, one person said, um, and this is, this is on the heavier side, but somebody said, I'm really grateful for this community because I just, I just lost my mother. I mean, that's, that's obviously not the, the day-to-day experience, but people can then say, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm here for you. Or somebody could say, I just got a promotion at work. And somebody else will piggyback on that and say, you know, X or Y or Z. So giving people the ability to communicate before class. Then once class starts, people do not have the ability to message each other, but they have the ability to message the teacher. So that's the part that we are changing. So as of now, people can message the teacher to ask a question or to make a comment. And the teacher, of course, sees who's in the class and can recognize them. Michael, three days in a row. Thanks for showing up. Keep up the great work. Jonathan, I know this is your first time. It's so nice to have you here. Things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And can also speak to the comments. But now we're allowing students to see each other's comments. So adding another layer where people can be social and connect. Um, 
yeah, so that that's currently how students are able to connect. And then, of course, off the platform, we have the private Facebook community. Teachers also give out their email address so students can ask questions one-on-one, -on -one, which you'd actually be surprised. People ask quite a few questions. Uh, but we said, how can we make it a whole universe, a whole community where people can interact with both students and teachers in whatever way speaks to them at that time? Huge brand differentiator. And, and I, I also believe that, um, you know, since a lot of that came after my question about how much of that was gut instinct, um, I think a lot of that seemed to have come from gut instinct. And now you're utilizing data to actually, you know, most probably, you know, make it better. But but it seemed like a lot of it was just based on you feeling like this is something that that the world needs again, you know, community in, in meditation. Yeah, I think that it was a it was a big bet uh, by some of our early investors to say, uh, "Hey, we believe in this. This makes sense to us." Like I could see how this is a better way of doing things because it wasn't necessarily obvious to all. You know, my hope is that we're able to build journey to the place where people look back and say, "Ah, it's so obvious. Of course that would work." The same way people look at Peloton now and they're like makes perfect sense. But when John Foley, the CEO, was out raising money, nobody was interested. They said, oh, you can't compete with SoulCycle for this reason. Nobody's going to buy an expensive bike. Nobody's going to do this. And he and his really capable team proved them wrong. And now it looks so obvious. Right. And I'm hoping that we can do the same, that people will look back and say, why would I listen to a recording from five years ago by myself when I can join a class and actually interact with people. The same way people look at group fitness now, instead of going to the gym and exercising by myself, I could do something with other people, with friends, with a live teacher. They see me, they can acknowledge me. Much more engaging, much stickier. Just a better experience. Right, and, and, that, and that idea that uh, you can ask the teacher a question, I think that's really, really huge. Because like you said, you know, someone just lost a loved one and they, and they feel the need, like, you know, they need someone to get through it. And maybe, you know, just a couple of words from not only the community, but also the teacher, like a one-on-one -on -one where you can just quickly chime in. I think that's, that's really, really powerful. And I am, and oh yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, and it doesn't have to be that heavy. It could be, when's of the best time of day to meditate? And I might say, you know, for me, I do it in the morning. It's really beautiful. And somebody else might say the evening works. Exactly. Or somebody might just have a question, you know, why aren't I levitating anymore? How do I get, how do I get my levitation skills back? You know, people yeah. can ask really light questions just because meditation is one of those things that can be confusing. It's something it, that can be tricky. And I will ask that question because I need my levitation back. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, you know, what I, I'm sure um, raising funds for for this for this type of startup must have felt a little bit like a lot of female founders, you know, talk about how they have a really hard time, um, you know, trying to get investment for products that have more of a female audience that cater to female needs. So not only is it the entire, you know, problem of, you know, a, a female founder and, you know, all the cachet that comes with that, right? Um, but it's also catering to a very different target audience. I'm sure if you walk into, um, you know, an, an, an investor room and you say, look, you know, we're talking about meditation, we're talking about an app, this, is, this needs to be about community, that 99% of those investors just goes right over the head because they have not experienced that. Is that assumption correct? Well, I, I think the assumption is correct that investors don't always necessarily relate to meditation. And they often think someone who started a meditation company 
uh, just wants to relax all day and wear tie-dye <laughs> shirts and you know all the other things that that the stereotypes that go along with somebody who's meditating. They're so laid back, they're not driven, uh, etc. Uh, now, fortunately uh, for us, there are several meditation apps that have achieved tremendous success. Calm was just valued at a billion dollars. I mean, that's incredible. Headspace yeah. has had great, unbelievable. Headspace has had great success. So when investors see that, they say, ah businesses can be built here. Now I will go back to, to the original statement or part of the question. Um, I feel like female founders have, uh, the environment with which they're attempting to raise money is really challenging. And I think as a, as a male founder, I have tremendous privilege regardless of what type of product I'm actually uh, pitching. So I, I don't know if the comparison actually works. Like I have, I have a lot of empathy for my my colleagues and peers who are female founders, um, just because the the environment is is can be challenging to to raise money from largely male investors. That being said, um, it's beautiful that the community is taking notice, and and by this I mean the investor community is starting to take notice and take act, active steps to. To change that, but I do think that uh, even for me as a male with a meditation company, I still have significant, um, you know, unfair advantage over over a, a, a female founder uh, when having those meetings. Unfortunately, I'd say. I I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And um, and fingers crossed, it is changing right now. It seems like it seems like this is the time. It is the place where where all of this is all of this is shifting. I, for instance, have a really hard um, time getting female successful female founders on the show, which which to me makes me believe that, um, you know, not, not only sadly, it's a scarcity, but 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 mainly, they're just so darn busy, <laughs> because everyone wants them, right? So I think things are things are changing. And it's, uh, it's well, I, I have I have I have a few great ones for you. So uh, so after this, I'll send over a couple names. Oh, and, please uh, do so. Please do so. You know, I'd love to chat with you. Yeah, I start looking at my my podcast um, with very critical eyes. You know, it's like, oh, here's a white male founder. Oh, here's another white male founder, and you know, that's not that's not the world out there. So um, I want to make sure that uh, that I'm walking that walk too. Um, one, we, we 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 started we started going into a lot of different directions. Um, one one last big question for you um, that is always important um, for me to share with my with my audience. Um, your app has launched fairly recently. Um, is 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 already very successful. Um, but for Journey, maybe as a brand, not necessarily Journey Life, the app, but Journey. What was that one big breakthrough moment, um, or journey life, right? It, it, it depends on you. What was that one big breakthrough moment that propelled that startup into a brand? This may be anything from PR to getting first social proof to major investment coming in, scoring a particular teacher. You know, what was that time where you just, where you just turned around to your girlfriend, you said, you know, or, or to whoever and said, you know what, this is it. It just happened. Well, I'll tell you the moment that it felt real to me, um, which was when we did the photo shoot to launch the brand, the one that you mentioned, those photos on the website. Um, that was a time to me that I said, wow, like something is really happening here. Um, and I think it was because I had to be honest, I had some 
fear or trepidation that I wasn't even really aware of around going out to recruit the best teachers in the meditation space. I think I said to myself, they're really busy, they have other things going on. But what started to happen is I started to talk to different teachers. I spoke to my longtime friend, the amazing meditation teacher, Jackie Stewart, and I shared this. She said, wow, this is so exciting. Or I, I spoke to Cheryl Browse, who you mentioned before, and she said, wow, this is unbelievable. Like, this is such an interesting idea. And as I was having these conversations, I started to realize maybe we're onto something. Like, there might be something here. Um, and you mentioned my girlfriend. I have, I have told my girlfriend this story. The time when it really happened, because this is actually right when we first started dating, was when we came together for this big photo shoot. So we had uh, our head of marketing there, of course. We had photographers, lighting people, makeup, et cetera. But we had all of these amazing teachers, super diverse from different backgrounds, different lineages, different walks of life. We had my partner in the business, David Nickturn, who's been teaching for I want to say 40 years, but maybe he, maybe he's, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's more, maybe it's less, but, it, but around that time, I mean, almost as long as I've been alive and everyone came together and it felt like the brand was really alive and you could see the excitement in people's eyes. So that was not the time that propelled us to startup success. Not that I'd say we have startup success, you know, not, not, not that that's how I would think of it anyway, but that was really a breakthrough moment for me and seeing the brand really alive mm -hmm. in such a beautiful and powerful way. Literally coming to life, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, uh, literally. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. And, I, and, and to take it one step further, it seemed to me like this is how meditation will be practiced in the 21st century. Like there's all these great studios, like you could go to Mindful, which is a great studio here in New York, or you could go to Unplug in LA, like it's nice for me to give shout outs to all these all these communities that have helped me personally so much. And you could sit with people and that's great. And there's a time and place for that. But perhaps you don't have time or perhaps you live in the middle of the country or any other reason. You know, perhaps you don't have the, the economic means to be able to go and, and afford it. Having something like Journey Live where you can sit every day with a great teacher and be able to connect. I think that's really, really powerful and could be quite exciting for what this society and, and needs right now, you know, in, in terms of coming together. Indeed, indeed. One, one, one last piece of brand advice. So not self-care advice, which is what you usually get asked to do, but <laughs> brand advice for, for founders that are building their own companies right now that, that are listening. Um, anything that comes to mind where you say, you know, this is something that I learned and I would love for people to, 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 to take that to heart. Uh, to quote my, my friend Simon Sinek, I mean, you know, it starts, it starts with why. Um, getting really clear up front about what it is that you are looking to do in this world. What is the mission? What is the vision? What are your values? Um, what resonates with you deeply? Like making money is fine. That's important. A business has to survive. It has to thrive. It needs to make money. But what is it that at the end of the day is going to say, this is what makes us unique. This is what's going to get somebody to come in and dedicate their time and their energy and their life to this mission and this project. And to get investors to say, yes, I'm willing to put our dollars or our investors' money to you. So for me, it's all about codifying that mission, vision, and values up front and then 
continuing to live that, continuing to make sure that that's staying relevant and, and, and really keeping that top of mind. Absolutely. That is, that is exactly what it is really all about. Because if you don't, if you don't have that answer to that why, you can scratch everything else. As, um, you know, as we build brands here with my consultancy, if, if I don't derive that why from my, from my clients in a really, really meaningful and deep and authentic manner, then, then everything else thereafter will just be so what type of branding, like it would be a so what type of product offering from a so what type of company. So I totally, mm. totally agree with you. Um, listeners who need to brief deeper more often and with an expert by their side, where can they learn more about Journey Life? Uh, they can go to the website, which is journeymeditation.com, uh, or they can go to the Apple App Store and download it. It's Journey Live. Everyone gets a free seven-day trial, so they can check it out. They can meditate live. They can listen to the recordings. They can connect with the community. So go to the website or go to the App Store, journeymeditation.com or Journey Live in the App Store. And uh, yeah, we'd love to connect with you. And if you if you've heard if you're listening now and you come through, let us know. Let us know in the class. You know, we'd love to hear it. So it would be great to connect with all of you. Excellent, Steve. Thank you so much for having been on hitting the market. Actually, did exactly that, and I'm I'm excited to catch a few classes in the upcoming days and hopefully make it into a healthy habit for myself. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. This was a pleasure. So thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. Please give the show a rating wherever you listen to it. It really helps this still young podcast to be discovered by other founders, creatives, and investors. While talking about online classes and while talking about the big why, um, moving away from meditation for a few seconds, I'm actually thrilled to finally announce the brand strategy e-course I just launched. I distilled my full day workshop, which I host one-on-one -on -one with my clients around the world that costs usually eight grand into an online course at a fraction of the cost. So if you need to define your company, your culture and your story while drawing your audience into your offering, head on over to resonate.com. That is A-I-D as in aiding to resonate, resonate.com. I hope to see you there and to guide you to a strong and meaningful brand foundation. The Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.